Welcome to episode 116. Today's guest is one of the best receiving tight ends in University of Georgia football history. He's well known from his time in the NFL, where he was a fourth round draft pick of the Bengals, who also spent time with the Saints, Lions, Chiefs, Browns, and Broncos. Orson Charles, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good at yourself. I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk with you today. Uh, thanks. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So my first question for you, how did you originally become introduced to the game of football? <laughs> it's funny because everybody has this, you know, big story or they had a big brother to go into it and they wanted to follow their footsteps and, and that. But how I got introduced was really because my mom was a strict mother and she would have me do all the chores in the house. And it seemed like she would always find something for me to do each and every day. So one day I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and finish this and go outside just to be out of her presence. Because I felt like if I was just sitting there, she was going to find find something for me to do. So I walked outside, you know, the lights were still on. It was still daylight. And I lived right next door to a little league football team. I, I hear a lot of people cheering, you know, hear a lot of noise. So I just walked over, over there and, and wanted to figure out what it was and, that's really how I got started. You know, I talked to the coach, see how I could sign up. Of course, I went back to talk to my mom to see if it was okay. And and uh, she said, yes, just make sure you get all your chores done before you go to practice. That's great. Well, in your high school career, I know you had a great career there and you played with Aaron Murray in high school. So what was the dynamic like between you two with a quarterback and a pass catcher of your caliber? So it, it was new uh, because I, tra- I a lot of people don't know I transferred to plant I transferred to plant because I was at a school where I felt that I would still have to you know do a lot of legwork in order to get in college and my number one goal was trying to find a way to get to college so my mom wouldn't have to pay so I was able to transfer to school ask the coach what I need to do in order to go to plant you know he said this and he said that so went back to my mom and said hey you know. I think this would be a great opportunity for me to go to college. You wouldn't have to pay for it because I already know you have a lot on your plate. So we sat down, prayed about it, and we ended up transferring to plant. And then we got to plant. I was very raw uh, because they were so advanced into everything they was doing as far as the playbook, as far as the team atmosphere. And it felt like I was, I was, it felt like I was already in college and high school. So starting out, there was a lot of catching up I had to do. There was a lot of learning I had to do and a lot of after-hours practice that, you know, we held. And Aaron Aaron was all for it. You know, every meeting that my receiver coach, you know, had outside of practice, you know, he came, he threw, spent time, you know, teaching me the playbook, you know, spent time throwing extra balls after practice. So it was it was more than I can even, you know, uh, ask for and – and that, that that dynamic grew, that relationship grew, and his mom would always have us come over afterwards after practice, and just and she would cook, and we would just eat. It was it was mainly like a family atmosphere, and and that's really how it grew. Well, I know in your time in high school, you had some really big performances and big games, like state championships. Is there a moment with you and Aaron that was kind of the top moment or the peak of your high school career? I believe I, I believe winning state actually. 
and that the game that we, the semifinal we have to play in order to get the state because a lot of people don't know is Aaron got hurt probably a quarter a halfway through the season so our backup Philly Ely had to lead us into the playoff we had to beat our rival Armwood and he led us you know deep into the playoff so when Aaron was able to come back I believe winning that game before we got the state was important and even winning the state because prior before he went to state, but he went as a backup or, you know, so when he got to state, he was a freshman. The next year he was a backup. Uh, he was a, he was a backup. So he really didn't play. So this year was his first time actually, you know, playing in the state championship and actually winning. So I, I believe that might've been one of our, you know, biggest accomplishment in high school and, and best game. Well, after your high school career, you had to focus on a big decision. I know you had a lot of opportunities on the table for college. Why did you end up picking the University of Georgia? Because it felt home. Every time I went to Georgia, you know, it was a family atmosphere. And, and that's everything I was used to with being at plant. You know, I'm real close to my family back in Tampa. So every time I went there, I would see that. Every time I go up to the coach's office, it was all the coach's kids playing with each other. And the coaches seemed like they genuinely cared about me as a person. One of the main reasons why I chose Georgia was because of Mark Rick. He was a great Christian guy. And we talked more about we talked more about what he had envisioned for me outside of football. You know, one of the main things he said is Orson, you know, there's there's not enough men's out here, like true men's out here. My main concern is to build you up as a man, as a leader. And I think that oversees anything any of the other coaches, you know, perceive and talk to me about because it was more than just football with him. And I felt that and he kept his faith like, and, and, and I'm real big in my faith. So everything just started eagling up together and, and it felt it, it felt warm. It felt like the right decision to do. Well, you finished your career at the University of Georgia as the school's all-time receiving leader at tight end. You had over 1,300 yards, 10 career touchdowns tied for first in the Georgia record books. What was your favorite moment or play from your time under Mark Richt at the University of Georgia? Beating Florida. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first year, my first year, Tebow's, uh, that was Tebow's year, and they had a good year. Uh, we... We we thought we we thought we was built and ready for that game, but Tebow was just an amazing athlete and an amazing competitor, and he led his team uh, the will to win. And then the second year, we was real real close. But then that third year, that that tops everything because being from Florida, Aaron and I, we had you know, Rameek Wilson at the time, and it was some other Florida guys that like that's the big game, like that's the game you you was watching as a kid and was like, oh, I can't wait to step in that field and play against the Gators or you know what I'm going to Georgia so I can beat Florida because I know that's a top rival game every year so actually you know dreaming and thinking about it as a kid and then actually going to Georgia and doing it that that tops all my that tops all my college you know experience besides graduating but yeah that was that game was by far the best game well after your college career what was the draft day process and the transition to the NFL like for you it was a dream come true, you know, being able to get drafted. Uh, it's, it's a 1% of people that's able to get drafted and, and me understanding that, you know, I had my family around me, you know, it was, it was definitely a dream come true, but I knew that the work didn't stop there. 
and I knew that it would take even more work to be able to stay in the lead. So I enjoyed it for that moment. You know, they called me, and I asked, hey, when will y'all ship the playbook? And I got the playbook in a couple of days, and then, and then I started going to work. So the moment I heard my name get called, it was definitely, you know, a dream come true, you know, uh, but I had to I had to prepare for the next phase and the next step because I knew that it was it was going to take a lot to take a grown man's spot and, and make that into a career. Well, you've transitioned between multiple positions throughout your football career at different levels. Can you describe what that's been like for you? At first, it was very hard because it was something that I grew up doing, uh, catching, playing tight end in college. And then now asking to play football, uh, fullback, it was very hard. But then it wasn't until he broke things down to me. It was like, hey, Orson, I believe that your career would be able to last, you know, 10 times longer if you do this, if you show that you can play two positions and be, you know, a great asset. So, and then one of the main things Hugh Jackson said is the more you can do, the more valuable you'll be. So that stuck with me. So, when they first presented the position, I was still raw, and I took that offseason to kind of learn the trade, you know, kind of really learn, you know, seek out some fullbacks that was actually killing the game at the time and kind of study how they do. I reached out to a couple to see how they prepare, and I really just took ownership of that position after that. What was the hardest part for you of moving to fullback? Just understanding that the contact level would be a little greater because you'll be able to work up enough steam to go full speed as opposed to having somebody when you're a tight end, just having somebody right there where you can put your hands on. But other than that, there was no other than that. That was probably different of me being a six, three tight end. I had to understand and learn how to kind of dip and bend my knees and not my waist to get under people because linebackers are not typically not that tall so I think that that was probably the biggest adjustment that I had to do was being able to bend my knees to get under shorter linebackers but other than that everything was pretty much the same still had to read coverages to figure out where the blitz was coming you know still had to figure out who was the mic to see if I had the blitzer or the running back was going to come over and pink so it was still kind of the same responsibilities as a tight end just different technique. And as a fullback, it's a position that doesn't always get a lot of credit for its role in the offense. What was your role in Cleveland in that offense, especially under Hugh Jackson? Being a leader. Uh, I think that was one of the one times that I missed because I felt like I was back at Georgia. I was I was being a leader. I was holding myself accountable and I was holding my teammates accountable. And, and one thing that they knew for a fact that you can ask anybody out there was that I was going to fight for my boys you know, on the field, and if they needed me off the field, I was going to do the same thing. So my position was being a leader and, and being accountable. You've been known to have an incredible amount of energy from things ranging from headbutts, chest bumps, yelling. You keep everyone upbeat and energetic. Not many players display the amount of energy that you have. Where does it come from? It really comes from the passion of football, understanding that you never know when it's going to be your last time. You never know when it's going to be your last play. And like I said, I, Cleveland really brought back me playing in, and like me playing at Georgia. Like I felt, I felt back at home. I felt comfortable. I, I, I actually had a, a chance to compete for a spot, won the spot, and I was feeling comfortable doing it. 
and the coaches trust me and my players trust me. So I felt like all that came together and, and that brought the excitement out of me and really understanding that you never know when it's going to be your last play. So play every down, every practice as if it's going to be your last. There is one funny moment when you talk about being a leader and being energetic is in 2018, you were hyping up Baker Mayfield and your guys on the Cleveland offense, and Baker was mic'd up. You're hyping him up. He turns around and tells the offensive line, that guy's a psycho. So can you take me through that moment and what that time was like for you in Cleveland? <laughs> I think, I think I, I want to say we had, just, we had just won our first game, so we had a lot of momentum. Practice was becoming fun. Like, everybody was competing. Everybody was talking. Like, practice was fun. And it's rare that you hear a player say practice is fun. And it's not because they cut it short, because I, I really don't really think they cut it short, but we was out there competing, and we, we wanted to do something different. We wanted to change whatever the perception of everybody thought that Cleveland Brown was. And we did, winning that first game and winning multiple other games. So I was, I was, on, I was on a high. Like, I was enjoying my teammates. You know, I was excited. We was playing a lot. We was winning at the time. And that's something that you don't, like at the time, that's something that you don't hear often. Oh, the Cleveland Browns is beating Atlanta Falcons. Or they're ahead about, I want to say we was ahead about two scores. Like, that was very rare. But the thing is, a lot of people didn't have, you know, faith in it. But we had faith in ourselves because we knew the practice, the study, the, the blood, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that we put in week in and week out to produce on Sunday. So I was just excited to see it come to pass, really. You're known for doing a lot of work in the community. What kinds of things do you do to give back? So one thing that I didn't say at the beginning is, what, is that I, I'm raised. I was raised by a single parent mother, a tremendous woman, a, a sturdy woman, and. That's my passion, understanding and seeing everything that she went through, all the sacrifice she made, being supported by the brothers in my church. That's something that I want to get back. And I feel that a lot of other single parent mothers don't have that. So I want to be able to give them that support, not to enable them, but to support them and let them know that they can do and get done anything that they desire and have that passion to do. So that's one thing. And, and, and giving back to the kids, understand that the kids are the future and they're our next generation and we have to feed life into them. So I, I love to give back to the kids, you know, the single parent uh, mothers and pretty much anybody that's asking for my help. I, I, that's, that's one thing that we're called to do and we're here on this earth to do is to give back, to share my knowledge that I experience, um, any wisdom that I can give off and, and, and all that. I know you're working through trying to get a nonprofit started. Can you walk us through how that's been for you? So it's been good. Uh, I'm, I'm currently working with uh, Ms. Lisa uh, Brock. Uh, she's a PR lady for Work Done, and, and we're walking through that process on what that looks like, making sure that we get uh, compliant with everything that we need to, to file for our nonprofit. You know, just got my LLC off the ground for my construction so. You know, th things are things are going uphill now. Um, now that I have a vision, and now I just got to put that vision to paper and and run with it. What is your outlook going forward as far as football goes? I know you were with the Broncos in 2019. Now you're a free agent. What's the outlook for you? So 
I can still say I, I, I have a chance, but, you know, I haven't got anything yet. So I, I, I'm very happy, you know, with what God had allowed me to accomplish and do. And I feel that if I don't get a call, then it's time for me to, you know, open up that next chapter and pivot into that next career uh, that he has for me. And whether that's, you know, reaching out to the kids, motivating the kids, inspiring the kids. Uh, one thing that I'm, you know, heavily involved in is, you know, being an investor, being a, being in real estate, investing in real estate, and, and being a builder, a GC, building multiple properties, uh, because my end goal is that I do want to build a, a, a community for a, a, a community with affordable housing for the single parent mothers, and and that's something that I want to do, and building an after school program for the kids. So, if if that call doesn't come, I'm gonna you know do every necessary steps to uh, achieve that and and go down that path. Wow, that's a great cause, and looking forward to seeing what you do with your nonprofit and all of your organizations that you work with. Now we'll head into the rapid fire segment. First up, what are you passionate about outside of football? What am I passionate about? Um, we're gonna smile to everybody's face, uh, allowing everybody because I like to have I like to host little function at my house. And one thing that I enjoy doing is just, uh, hey, we're all dealing with something. We're all dealing with our own issues. But, hey, let's come together and put that aside and just all enjoy each other's company. So I love being a host. I love having people over. I love just enjoying other people's company and just networking, talking, you know, taking advantage of what we have now and not worrying about, not worrying about what may or may not happen in the future. What's the best advice that you've ever received? Uh, there's a few. One was, one was, although you played football probably half of your whole life, you're more than just a football player. And two, always get on your hands and knees and pray to God and have that conversation with Him because He had the plan for you. He's just waiting for you to ask Him and ask for His direction. So those might be probably my top two advice that I've received. If you could have dinner with any living person, who would it be? If I can have dinner with any living person. Probably LeBron James, just to pick his brain on one, how does he handle everything? How does he make time to do everything? And to meet his to meet his, uh, his team. Awesome. Orson, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for having me.